0: Hi, good morning. Colts Eagles coming up this weekend. We've been talking about this one for a while. Now, as we talked about, maybe with Philly, it doesn't have the same oomph to it because they are no longer unblemished, but still pretty big matchup for Indianapolis. Joining us now to talk about exactly that and more. From the Indianapolis Star is Joel A. Erickson. He's on the Payless Liquors hotline. Uh, Joel, we'll begin with this. I guess kind of a an obvious or an elementary question, but does the dynamic of this game, I guess from the Colts' standpoint or Phillies' either one change at all because you don't have a team that is coming in unbeaten?
1: Um, I think I think from Philly's case, I think there's probably a little bit, you know, usually teams get a little bit uh if they've been winning a bunch, they get a little bit angry from, from uh from losing for the first time. So I think that there's probably a little bit of that from Philly's standpoint, from the Colts' standpoint. Um, I, I don't think it necessarily changes as much that they're not unbeaten. I think that this is still – if if I was just Saturday, I, I'd be saying, you know, this is the team with the best record in the NFL right now.
2: Joel, I was talking in the opening segment about this, and I know you were probably traveling back from Vegas. I don't know how much you got to watch the Monday night game. But, yes, the Eagles lost – But I also thought they just got beat up in that game physically. I mean, their defense was on the field for long, long stretches, the 40 minutes of the time of possession for Washington. I think they played north of 80 plays. It seems like on a short week, the physical toll that Philly took, especially defensively, that's where the Colts could have their biggest advantage come Sunday.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, sometimes we don't give the short week enough credit in the NFL, and, and I think that it's... It's going to matter this week. you know. Like like you said, 80 plays is a lot. Plus, they, Washington ran the ball like 50 times, I think. Um, so, Philadelphia is deep, and they can rotate guys. But that's still a lot of plays for any kind of game. And they've got to get themselves back to equilibrium before they get over here.
0: When, Joel, you look back at the Colts' last outing in Las Vegas, you were there. Look clearly the difference aside from the coaching change was the offensive line. I mean, they had a solidarity about them. They were able to do what they wanted to do offensively because they were finally getting protection. I realize they now have a head coach that was a lineman. I can't imagine in four days that all of a sudden made some huge flip of the switch difference. What, was, what did you see out of that offensive line that they were doing from a technical standpoint that they did not do in the previous two and a half months?
1: Well, I think one of the things was something that you know Quentin Nelson said uh, the week before. You know, they needed to drive people off the ball. I think about Taylor's touchdown run. Fries and and Smith kind of caved in the right side of the line in a way that we haven't seen uh, that happen very much this season. So that was I think so that, well that, blocked. Yeah that that was that was a that was a big one. And then I think yeah, the other thing is just maybe, it might not be a technical thing, but it's it's a Will Fries thing. You know, Matt, Matt Pryor has struggled so much at every spot on the line. Uh, Fries has been in there. They started him one game and it, it must not have gone very well at the time because uh, they, they ended up pulling him back out of the starting lineup. So, but this time, this time he sort of solidified it. The, the one caveat though, and, and I, I hate to keep bringing this up, but it's a, it's a, especially from a protection standpoint, that's, that's a, that's a defensive line that had when they sacked Matt Ryan, whenever, whatever quarter that was, that was the first time they got in a sack at 13 quarters and they only have 10 on the season. So it, you want to see them play against somebody like Philly and play well, because Philly has like 29 sacks and is at the top of the league. The Raiders are the worst pass rush in the league, and I can't get that part of it out of my head.
2: Yeah, Jeff Saturday needs to see if he can petition the league to get the Raiders on the schedule more here to close out the season. Joel A. Erickson from the Indianapolis Star, he's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. I want to go back to kind of the big news earlier in the week, and that would be Shaquille Leonard's second back surgery. Um we have a lot of questions, I think, coming out of that news. We, we talked about it a little bit more on yesterday's show, Joel. Um, curious, like, what questions you have, whether it's Leonard-related, the free agents at linebacker this year, maybe how that position is viewed if Gus Bradley and or Chris Ballard are not necessarily here next season. What questions do you have about Leonard's season coming to a close?
1: Yeah, you, you hit on the first one right there is – Is is what does this, this picture look like um, for the Colts after this season is over? what, what are they looking for? Um, what's, what's the defense look like now with, with Leonard's contract I, I don't think that, that, that changes but in terms of the linebacker positions, you need to have a framework to know exactly what um, to know exactly what the team's going to do in the offseason if, if Bradley's not here um, if Ballard's not here all of that stuff changes. Uh, Bobby Okereke is going to be a free agent, so you figure. I mean, generally right now, you would figure the way Zaire Franklin's playing, you probably just let Okereke move on, and and then you go with Leonard. But if, if he's healthy, but you need to know what's going on with the rest of the with with the defensive coordinator position, all that stuff. I, I think the other question, and this is stuff that is is honestly hard to answer. I, I don't know if I've ever covered a. Uh, and, uh, an issue like this with nerves in the back and, and stuff like that is, is, you know, what, what, how, how, you know, is this, is this the final surgery? You know, it's been a lot now for him. Um, what, what are the chances of this working? We, that's all the stuff that we don't know and can't really know. I mean, I, I, I have no history with a, a, a nerve and a back uh, like that, that to, to go on. And that makes it, I think that's, what, that's probably what makes it hardest for the Colts for Leonard and for everyone, it's just this isn't something that we end up dealing with a lot in in sports where where there's it's a nerve a nerve issue in the back.
2: Could you see um, EJ Speed getting kind of a starting type of contract offer in free agency?
1: Uh, I don't I don't think so. Um, EJ EJ Speed's a guy who uh, hasn't played a ton, and linebackers generally uh, don't make a ton on the free agent market anyway. I mean, think about like what Anthony Walker's got in the last couple of years. Uh, And that was a guy who had, I think, 300 tackle seasons. So um, I I don't think he would get a starting deal. Um, That'd be a pretty big jump in a market that tends to be sort of depressed. Well, a linebacker market tends to be kind of depressed compared to other positions.
0: Joel Erickson is our guest. He's on the Payless Liquors hotline. Joe, in terms of... The Jeff Saturday change, I mean, we've made a lot about it. We've had plenty of time now to absorb it. There are those, myself included to an extent, that are curious to see whether or not this was just – and I've heard a lot of people that played the game talk about this, that you get kind of a short-term boost of energy, of excitement, of rally, of camaraderie, and then reality kicks back in again and you realize that you're mired in a season that has been frustrating. Which way do you think it goes now? because having the raiders to your point you know the raiders as an opponent probably helped out the situation in the in the outset but but do you think it maintains
1: yeah that's i mean that's that's the hard question and and realistically it it has to maintain uh, pretty strongly because uh the schedule gets harder from here on out i don't know if we realize that when we're coming into this season but you know there's there's a bunch of teams that are fighting for playoff positioning Coming up on the schedule, teams that have been pretty good and teams with really good pass rushes. Like I think about, like even Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh just got T.J. Watt back, and uh, if T.J. Watt is at full strength, then Pittsburgh has a good pass rush. So um, we're going to get some. They're going to get tested, and in terms of whether or not they can they can maintain whatever they had. You know, Saturday himself sort of said the other day that when he was a player, he always thought of like emotions, are great, but it runs out in like the middle of the first quarter. And then it becomes about execution, and we've we've sort of seen that. You know, that was that's one of the things the players have said is that, you know, Saturday brought a different kind of energy. But there, there's been like four four or five players who, well, they've said that. Have said that it wasn't that right didn't bring the energy or the emotion. They they just haven't executed, it or it, for whatever reason, whether it's you know, talent deficiencies or technique deficiencies, whatever, they haven't executed. And I'm I'm with you, Jake. It, it's really hard for me to look at the a Raiders team that is, you know, if you just pay attention to the headlines out there, appears to be in pretty much disarray, and and extrapolate that to the rest of the season. I, I think, you know, but for us to, to really feel like it's it's this has changed and turned around, it's it's this Eagles game, it's the Steelers game, and it's like it's, it's got to keep happening over and over again. There have been there have been like the, the Jaguars game was a brief respite from what else they've been dealing with the commander's game was a loss but they only gave up one sack like you keep thinking that there's been a couple of one-offs where it looked like they were starting to figure stuff out on the offensive line and then it didn't happen and so that i I just need to see more before i have any idea whether or not this is
2: life is full of things to manage your work your family your plans and your treatment consider key simta Yeah, got to see the outliers not be outliers where the opponent's dysfunction gifts you things, which has kind of been a common occurrence, I think, in several of these wins this season. Again, Joel A. Erickson from the Stars with us. Joel, we were talking last segment about Jalen Hurts and him being the opposing quarterback this weekend. Um, I don't know if I'll speak for myself. I don't have a great read on kind of the Colts' inside the building interest on a lot of the young quarterbacks over the years. But from what I have gathered, there was a bit of a disagreement um, on Jalen Hurts between Chris Boward and and Frank Reich. Is that something that you have gathered over the years? Uh,
1: I I don't have a whole lot on Hurts. I I, I knew a little bit more about some of the first-round guys. I don't have a whole lot on Hurts
2: would Fields have been one of the guys that there was a, like a consensus on you think
1: Yeah Fields I they love Justin Fields that was that was my understanding was that the, the organization just as a whole loved Justin Fields they he had all of the intangibles and stuff that they liked in like a Sam Ellinger but then on top of that they had the mobility and they they, they really liked him um that's that's one of the guys that I know for sure that they liked
2: You think of all the first round QBs over the years that maybe is the one that like would fall into the somewhat realistic category that there could be some regret on.
1: Yeah. I, I, cause I think, I think there's a really easy scenario that plays out where, you know, if you go back to the end of the 2020 season, they lose that game in Buffalo. The next day, Frank Reich says, I want Phillip rivers back as my quarterback. I mean, definitively that's, that's the most definitive thing he'd said about, he said about any of the quarterbacks they had after luck. Um, and then a couple weeks later, you know, Rivers retires. Um, and then th- that, that leads to the Wentz mistake, which I think probably is the mistake that, that brings down Reich ultimately in the end. Uh, and, and I just keep wondering, you know, could you have talked Phillip Rivers into playing one more year? Because if you do, you sign him. Um, honestly, it's probably like $25 million. It wouldn't have mattered in terms of the number. Uh, you sign him for one more year, and then you're in that draft that year, and you're sitting one spot behind the Bears watching Fields fall with a quarterback you like. And that's that's sort of the scenario that I thought that they were trying to go for all along was get somebody to the point where they could opportunistically move up the way Kansas City and Buffalo did when they got Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, that they, 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 they moved on at quarterback and they, they didn't think Fields was going to fall. I keep thinking of that, that January-February is like the flashpoint where there's there's an alternate universe where Justin Fields sat behind Phillip Rivers and learned for a year, and now he's the Colts' starting quarterback.
0: Okay, Joel, I'm going to ask you a couple true-false questions, okay? Okay. True or false, Jim Mercer likes Sam Ellinger? Oh, true. Uh, True or false, Sam Ellinger getting his – shot at being the starter was facilitated or influenced by Jim Irsay true true or false Chris Ballard has yet to use the draft to take the next franchise quarterback of the Colts in terms of Chris Ballard's definition of that position yeah true so with those questions asked not a lot of
2: variety there Jake all 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 true
0: that's correct, yeah. Um, <laughs> good point. So the question, okay, then I will give you the opportunity for a false. There could be some difference in opinion that could become uncomfortable between Jim Mercy and Chris Ballard on whether or not Chris Ballard should select Sam Ellinger as the quarterback to build around as opposed to still drafting a player that Ballard likes better.
1: True
0: or false? Um, in other words is it possible that jim mercy says to chris ballard you don't need to be drafting a quarterback in the next few drafts high up because i believe you have the guy on the roster
1: i i don't think so after they after he after you know saturday was about allowed to move back to matt ryan i think they he wanted to see sam mellinger he did believe in sam Ellinger. that's that's been true for a long time. He was he brought him up unprompted. He brought Ellinger up unprompted at the owners' meeting last year, uh, and I think before that too. Um, but the fact that they let the fact that they let Saturday make his own decision and go back to Matt Ryan is an indicator to me that you know those first two games took a little bit of the this could be the franchise guy out of that. You know, I don't think you you write off Ellinger at all, but because you know the, the Washington game was the kind of game that you. You'd like to have from a backup if you had to use one. But, you know, Ur- Ursay's wanted a young quarterback. And I think Ursae understands – Ursay should understand, at least, given the history of his franchise, he should understand the, the value of the, the high round quarterback. Um, and, and so I, I would think that my, – my assumption is that, that that's where the organization is heading. Um, I, I'd, I'd be surprised if it's if it's not. Joel, last
2: one for me, and again, Joel A. Erickson is with us here from the Indianapolis Star. Pro Bowl voting is underway. I know a lot of people laugh at it. Uh, Players care about being pro bowlers, and I do think it's something where you kind of classify it into two groups, guys that are deserving of pro bowlers and then guys that will ultimately be selected to the Pro Bowl, which is kind of a popularity contest, a third fan vote, a third player vote, a third coach vote. Um, deserving Pro Bowl-caliber players in this team. Um, I've got Grover Stewart. I've got DeForest Buckner. I could probably be talked into Stefan Gilmore or Zaire Franklin. Um, Agree, disagree, anyone else you want to throw on that list? I could easily see Quentin Nelson making it just based off of name recognition, and I I don't know. I'd be lying if I knew what the other guards in the AFC were looking like this season. Uh, Anybody else?
1: No, I I think you've hit the guys that that I would put in there. I they, I, I just wrote about this uh, to yesterday for today. the the hardest part the two the players who played the best on the Colts are both defensive tackles. Right. And and there's only three spots for the AFC. And I know I know Grover Stewart. Um, this is in the story, but like Gro, there there have been players on opposing teams like Max Crosby and Derrick Henry who've been coming up to the or like Grover Stewart and being like, Hey man, people need to talk about you. Like. Uh he he's getting the notice from players around the league, but he also plays nose tackle and he doesn't get a lot of sacks and you know, he plays right next to a guy who's got um the Sports Info Solutions has has Buckner as the fourth most quarterback pressures uh from the defensive tackle position in the entire NFL. And there's two AFC guys who are in front of him in Quinton Williams and Chris Jones. So that, that that position, I almost feel like that like you should get on the Pro Bowl, you should at least get four to make sure one of those Colts guys gets gets it because they're they're different. But the Stewart's season uh, is, has been so dominant, and you, you you'd have to want recognition that, uh, again, though that this, that usually goes people who get sacks. And if you watch the Colts pass rush at all, you're like, well, it's Buckner, and, and then it's everybody else. So I, I don't really have anybody else. I'm just interested in that defensive tackle thing because I think it's. If you watch the Colts every week like we have, you're like, man, these defensive tackles, both of them deserve it. But like I said, there's Jones, there's Williams, there's right. there's probably Jeffrey Simmons, there's a lot of guys in the yeah, AFC. Cameron Hayward. Who's got a claim. Yeah, they've yeah. got a lot of guys in the AFC who's got a claim, and it makes you wonder, you know, can a season that it, Grover Stewart has absolutely played at a Pro Bowl level, can a nose tackle break through all of those three techniques and get a, and get a spot?
2: God, it seems lofty. I mean, the fan vote—no chance he garners attention outside of Indianapolis. Coach vote—you would hope—and then player vote. Again, you would like to think some players, like you said, you know, have recognized it. But at the end of the day, and this is just what um, I think hurt Kenny more for several years. Grover Stewart went to Albany State. You know, I yeah. watch players vote for Pro Bowlers. They often vote for their collegiate teammates. Or guys that you know they train with or you know, guys that they went up against in college. You know, like that sort of angle. If,
0: if he um, can get on fan radar nationally, if he starts to get some pub, he'll become a regular like fan vote guy. You know why? And I'm not I'm I'm not saying this to be funny. His name's Grover. Like once you hear yeah, his yeah, name, yeah. you never forget it, right? Yeah. Joel, if you have another kid, you gotta throw Grover on the name list. I know you <laughs> just had
2: one, so <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, we're. I don't think we're going for four, but uh, you know we'll, we'll have to keep Grover in uh, in in re- in reserve in case something happens. I just yeah.
2: already uh, erect the wing in Canton for Grover Erickson one day. Grover <laughs> Leaf Erickson. A
1: great name. I, oh, Leaf, that's a good. Yeah. Sell.
0: If he's Grover Leaf Erickson, he's got to play for the Vikings, though, right? Sure. I mean, blue right. and purple, right? right? I can just see the
2: eye black under his eyes right now. <laughs>
0: Joel A. Erickson uh, with us here on the Payless
2: Lakers Hotline. Joel, as always, thank you for the time. Congrats on the somewhat newborn, and uh, see you in a few hours.
1: Yeah, thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on.